and the proud, okay? And with pride is the root of sin, uh, with pride being the, the root of sin, humility being the root of obedience. We gave a couple examples. Anybody remember the couple examples we gave from the scripture, from the Bible? We had, uh, we had Adam, right? And who's Adam's wife? Eve. We had how they were prideful and they sought to be like God. Then we had a nasty individual. Who was the nasty individual? Satan. Satan, right? Satan was the nasty individual. We talked about Satan fell from heaven. He had pride. He sought after the position of God. He wanted to be like God. And, and pride, I, uh, kind of like making my own de- definition right here, is the desire to be perceived or act in place of God, right? So that's what pride is. That's what I'm going to act like pride is right now. Pride is the desire to be perceived, right, in the place of God or act as if you are already in the place of of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. So examples, Adam and Eve, right? But here's the thing. What happened to Adam and Eve? We go to Genesis 3, 22 to 24 real quick. What happened to Adam and Eve? The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take out from the tree of life and eat and live forever. If you have any questions about that, please see Oscar and ask him all your questions. Where's Oscar? Over here, you ready to answer all those questions that they want to know about the tree of life? Amen, amen. So the Lord God banished him from the garden. Everybody say banished. Banished, man, that must suck. Imagine you getting kicked out your crib. Some of us know that feeling, but that stuff sucks. I mean, the house is the place of security. It's the place where you get to go home, get to go in your room, put on your beats, put on your AirPods, or if you were like me, just put on your $2 headphones, you know, and just rock to YouTube, right? That's what I used to do in high school. Or look at conspiracy videos till 3 a.m. That's what I used to do. Pray for Well, I'm, I'm delivered, amen. So, right, here's the thing. That's, that's our house. Imagine you're banished from your house. Imagine you got, you know, like, you ever been around a group of friends, and your and your table, and then all of a sudden you guys are talking, have such, having such a good time, and then all of a sudden someone just gets stuck in the face in your table, and then you guys get split up. It ever happened to you guys? Okay, I guess that was just me. That was just me. All right. I guess we just did bad things back then. Yeah, you know, you guys had to get separated. They were banished from the place of perfection. I mean, God did a wonderful work when He made Eden the place of pleasure. Eden means pleasure, right? Everybody like pleasure in here. When you eat some chocolate cake, who may do? When you eat tres leches, when you eat my wife's tres leches, you cannot help but say, mmm. Like, I was just like, mmm, what is this? It just melts right into your mouth. That is a lot of pleasure for my mouth, right? Now, here's the thing. A lot of us, we have other pleasure, right? There's pleasure in sex. There's pleasure with money. Uh, These are pleasurable things. But Eden, God created Eden, and you know what he called it? The garden of pleasure. Imagine God making a place where pleasure was just at. And that's where Adam and Eve were. They were probably just doing married things and then naming all the animals, doing all the stuff, right? Like imagine, you know, you, you ever seen those hiking couples that always hike? Man, Adam and Eve probably hiked a lot. I mean, think about the mountains in Eden. I mean, Eden was amazing. And they, but they had everything. But then all of a sudden they sought the place of God. Everybody say banished. I got a little tangent about Eden, but just imagine that's an awesome place. Uh, to work the ground from which he had been taken, after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden a cherubim, that's an angel, and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. So you're banished, you're out, you're prideful, 
You fell. Okay, now if we can go to Luke 10, 18, that's one verse. Jesus is talking. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Okay, we understand Satan was in heaven. What got a hold of Satan was what he used to get a hold of Adam and Eve. Pride. Pride. So he replied, I saw Satan fall like uh, lightning from heaven. Here's the thing, right? They were prideful. What had happened to them in their pride? They fell. They fell. Can I have a volunteer really quickly? Who has never smoked in their life? I need your lungs. I need good lungs here. Amen. Amen. Okay, Jorge, here you go. Here we go. Give it up for Jorge. Praise God for sobriety. If you have smoked, there's forgiveness in Christ. I just need a good set of lungs. I need you to blow that up, dude. Just blow it up, bro. Just blow it up. Yeah, everybody, everybody just... just. Hey, uh, can someone give me a pen? Don't worry, I'm not going to blow it up while you're... Don't, don't worry. Just don't chill, bro. It's okay. It's all right. Just keep, keep doing what you're doing. Let me get a pen. No, no, just blow it as much as you can, bro. Blow it as much as you can. Okay. All right. Yeah, just hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Okay. All right. That's the only balloon I had. But how big did that balloon get? Okay. It was pretty big, though. It was pretty huge. It was pretty massive. It had a lot of air in it, right? You guys can go ahead and sit down. Give it up for Jorge. Amen. Praise God for sobriety, not smoking. It's good for your lungs. Amen. So, right, if we go to Proverbs 16, 18, all you guys are wondering, okay, why did I just have Jorge do that? It's kind of weird. Here's the thing. That thing puffed this up so much. It gassed itself up so much. It was so big, so huge. All that did was pop it. It was gone. And that's how some of you are. You guys gas yourself up so much like your life is actually something, like you're actually doing something, like you have some kind of authority, some kind of reputation, but all it is is air. Something comes out of nowhere, pops it, you're done. You're a bunch of pieces. That's what pride is. It, pu- it puffs you up, but really, you're just nothing but air. You just gassed yourself up, made yourself look important. That's really what it is. You're just like your balloon, this balloon, in my illustration. But here's the thing. You don't have to be like that, right? Because here's the thing. God doesn't want you to be like that. The Bible is clear that pride always leads to, the fa- to a fall, but humility always leads to your benefit. Humility will never lead you astray. Now, I don't mean like if you're humble, you, like, like I'm pretty sure, man, you know, you've seen the civil rights with Martin Luther King and the freedom fighters. They were very humble. They did a great thing, but they got beat multiple times. They got sprayed with hoses multiple times. Matter of fact, they, got, they went to a restaurant. They just sat in a restaurant, and they just got hit with food in their face, taking pictures, laughed at. That's humility. But what did humility, their humility, humility lead to? It, lead, it led to a benefit of the end of segregation, right? So there's always a benefit in humility. Humility will always be seen right at the end of the day. How many of you like our president? I meant his character. Maybe not his policies, but his character. How many of you like his character? Okay. If I, if I see a hand raised, you know, we are, we are in no position to condemn people. The Bible says to pray for our president, pray for Trump to be saved. But right now, he's very arrogant. He's very prideful. He's puffed himself up so much, 
that it's just going to take one thing to make them pop, right? It's the same thing with a lot of leaders we had, right? Barack Obama had a lot of pride. If you ever heard his interviews where he got real sarcastic, if you, uh, you know, we had Bill Clinton who had a lot of pride. A lot of people have pride. Pride is the root of sin. But every time someone's in pride, best believe there's a fall after that. If you guys knew anything about history, you would see that in history. If you knew anything about the Bible, you would see it in the Bible. If you paid attention to your life, you would see it even in your own life. Pride always leads to the fall. Humility always leads to your benefit. And we fall. That's who humans do. Humans fall, but Christ exalts. And we'll get to that. But real quick, Proverbs, uh, we're at it right there. Proverbs 11, um, 2. Pride, 11, 2. 11, 2. Yep. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Okay, so one thing we can understand right there is that with pride comes disgrace. Many times when you're playing basketball, if those who hoop, there's always that dude. He dresses up. Man, he got the best gear. I mean, this dude got three headbands on. This dude got four arm sleeves and leg sleeves on. Dude got some nice J's. I mean, the man looks like he about to dunk on me. Then he comes, gets the ball, and he shoots like this. Right? That's how he shoots. And that guy... Ends up sucking. He ends up losing you the game. He ends up being a horrible guy. He puffed himself up so much. This dude had like, he was chewing the gum like Michael Jordan and everything. Yeah, we, we have those people. Or what about like, you know, uh, I, that, that actually happened to me one time in my life. That's why I'm using an example. But so imagine, you know, you got a friend that's hyped up, right? Like, like this dude, he's awesome. He's good at dancing. He's good at this. He's good at that. Then finally, when you see the friend that was hyped up, he sucks. You know, like, like there's a lot of disgrace when you puff yourself up because the higher you get, you know, that's the saying, you know, the worse you'll fall. That's just the truth. So that's in the Bible. That's the truth. The higher you get, right? the worse you'll fall. That's why when we see so many celebrities and we find out they're doing exactly what normal people are doing, it's all over the news. Oh, man, you know, Brad Pitt cheated on Angelina Jolie. Well, so did your mom. So did your dad. Like, it, it, like it happens every day. But why is it such a big deal? Why? Well, it's, it's, it's because they have a high standard. They're high. They, they set themselves up as people that speak about what's right and what's good. Or what about when pastors fall? Man, ain't nothing about them, good, them pastors. Them pastors, nothing but a bunch of hypocrites, them preachers. But they're doing the same thing you're doing. It's like, but they set themselves up for it. They put themselves at a high position. So that's what happens with pride. Then comes disgrace. Okay? This just leads to your destruction. If we go to Proverbs 16, 18... Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction. I was listening to a sermon, and someone said, wherever pride goes, wherever destruction goes, its shadow is pride. Before you see destruction in someone's life, you will see pride. You will see pride. You will see someone that is uh, uh, stiff-necked, that is not willing to obey God, that is not willing to obey instruction from parents. You will see their pride. If you wonder why there's a woman who got pregnant at 15, has another kid at 18, they got all these things going on in their life that's wrong, just look at the shadow of pride in their life before it happens. When you see a guy who gets kicked out of his house, he got no job, he's homeless, I bet you there was a shadow of pride before the destruction. Now, when I say these things, it doesn't mean I don't care about the person. But what I'm saying is those situations suck, and it's okay to say that. Nowadays, we like to think everybody can be happy in their situation. No, it's not meant to be that way. With Christ, you can find joy, but 
in your sin. You're not meant to be. In your destruction, you're meant to feel like you're going through destruction. When a person gambles their money away, they're meant to feel broke. They're meant to feel like they got nowhere to go. And pride was the shadow of destruction. Pride goes before destruction. Everybody say destruction. So pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Remember, I wasn't talking about haughty like that girl you like at the gym or that guy you think has a six-pack. Not that haughty, right? Haughty as in your arrogance. You think you're superior, right? You think your attitude, your way you live, your lifestyle is superior to someone else's. The haughty spirit before a fall. So whenever someone thinks they are greater, they are better than the next person, they are higher than the next person, and I'm not just talking about non-Christians, I'm talking about Christians as well. There was a man, I told this story before, he, uh, he went to the altar, he started beating on his chest, he said, God, forgive me, couldn't even look to God, he said, forgive me, I am a sinner. The Pharisee next to him said, thank you, God, I'm not like this sinner. What happened? Jesus, uh, uh, he applauded the man who said, forgive me, I'm a sinner. And he, dis- he disregarded the man who said, forgive me, I'm, like not, I'm not like that sinner. At least I'm not like that sinner. So Christians can have pride and have a haughty spirit, and they can have through the destruction. There was a man named Jimmy Swaggart, and he had committed adultery, and he got on national television, started crying, and then all of a sudden, right after that, he committed adultery again. You're you're making millions just telling people what's already in the Bible, acting like you're somebody, and you came and follow your Bible. See, that's pride. That's pride going before destruction. That's a haughty spirit before its fall. So you may put yourself as superior above your friend, like, hey, I'm a good Christian. I don't do this no more. I don't do that no more. Man, I'm doing better than them. But, hey, be careful. You can fall real quick. You can fall real quick. And the, and the Bible literally says this. When, when Jesus casted out demons, he said to, to be careful unless more demons return. So you could actually fall and be worse than the person you thought you were better than. That's what can happen to Christians. There was a man who, who, uh, who he was a pastor, but he let a little bit of sin in his life. He didn't want to listen to correction. He was prideful. And he had a wife. He had kids. You know what, you know what the devil had, had tempted him to go to after he had been so prideful? He went right into a gay bar, got HIV, and his whole family died. His whole family died. That happened to a pastor. That will happen to us if we're prideful. So this is the thing, right? A haughty spirit before a fall, pride goes before the destruction. And it's not, listen, I'm not just saying, like, don't do this because God didn't say it. Like, you have to understand, God is telling you not to do things because it's going to end up bad for you. It's going to end up bad for you. It's going to end up way worse than you thought it would be. That's why you have millionaires, billionaires, you know, trillionaires. You have people who have so much money, but so many problems. They're so prideful. That's why you have so many people that think they got it all together. They always want to be in control. They don't listen to anybody, but really they're stressed. They have anxiety. They're messed up. That's why you have those things. Listen, being humble is for your benefit. God's not just saying, don't be prideful, just to say, don't be prideful. He's saying it because there is a fall waiting for you. There is destruction waiting for you. Humble yourself. That is why you should be humble. Pride always leads to a fall, but humility always leads to your benefit. If you can go to Proverbs 29, 23. 
It says right here, pride brings a person low. Again, with the heights, right? You put yourself so, up so high with the pride, guess what? It's going to bring you low. God don't even got to do it. Best believe God will do it, but he don't even do it. You'll do it yourself with your own pride. I've made myself look like an idiot with pride. I've said things I shouldn't have done. I've said out of pride. I've done things I shouldn't have done out of pride. I acted better than people when really I wasn't out of pride. And what did that end up doing to me? It brought me real low. It brought me real low. In the Bible, there's the man called, uh, there's the prodigal son who he has this inheritance. He has a portion of his father's wealth, and he goes out and he splurges. I mean, that man, he's balling, buying Jordans, buying chains. He, man, he got, he got like three side chicks on the side. I mean, this dude is balling. Like, this dude is living the, the dream of a playboy, of Hugh Hefner, of the perverted guy's dream, of the alcoholic's dream. But then all of a sudden, hey, that money goes, right? And the place he put himself so high, he ended up sleeping with the pig. He ended up eating the same food as the pigs because he ran out of money. Pride had brought him low. And best believe that would happen to us. So this is the thing, right? Pride brings a person low. So what are we to do? It says, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. The lowly in spirit. What does it mean by spirit? It's your attitude, right? It's your attitude. Pride is, it comes off physically, right? You see someone by their attitude. You ever been around someone, you know they just think they're better than you. Some of us, if we don't know someone like that, chances are you're probably like that. You look at someone, right? And they, they don't even look at, they don't even bat an eye towards you. I mean, how many of my gospel preachers feel that feeling all the time, right? How many people that preach the gospel on the streets, they talk to the man with the briefcase and the, and the, and the suit and tie, and they're like, hey, man, listen, dude, you, you know about Jesus, and he just looks at you, and he gives you a little smirk, and he just walks off. Or it could even be the, the homeless person. Anybody had a conversation with a homeless person, and the many, you know, they're like, hey, man, let me get some food, some money. I remember one time, I came with a bag of Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, I had, I had the muffin. I had the biscuit. I had the hash brown. I had everything in there. I was so happy. I was like, yeah, I'm going to give this to this homeless person. I'm doing good things, right? I praise God, right? And then I, I give it to him. I'm trying to talk to him about Jesus, and he looks at me, and he just takes what he doesn't like, he likes, and he throws to the side what he doesn't like and just walks away. And I'm like, bro, you are prideful. <laughs> you are such a prideful person. How are you homeless with nothing but the, the shirt on your back, but yet you think you're something? Because pride has nothing to do with what you got, or who you got as a friend, it matters about who you are. Where's your heart? What's your spirit? Your spirit is haughty. Your spirit is prideful. It's going to bring you low. Everybody, everybody say low. So what do we have to do? We have to have a low spirit. That means we don't think less of ourselves in a sense of, man, like, like imagine RJ. RJ can hoop, okay? Don't get it twisted. RJ can hoop. If I went up to him, I'm like, hey, man, you think you can, you can play, with, play with me 2v2, bro? You think we can beat Seth and Josiah? Which we can. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe we got to play 2v2 later. But like, say I say, hey, man, let's hoop, bro. Let's play. I know you're good. I've seen you. And he's like, no, nah, man, I suck. I'm terrible. I can't dribble. I can't shoot. When this dude's dribbling like Michael Jordan and AI put together, he's shooting like Steph Curry, it would be a lie for him to deny what he's doing. Humility is not lying. All right, let's just get that straight. Humility is not lying. Humility is coming in agreement with God's word. It's coming in agreement with God's word. It's saying, and God's word says to look at people as better than yourself or value them 
as more than yourself. That's true humility. So humility is not lying about, you know, uh, that you suck at, you know, cooking when you, you're, you're like Gordon Ramsay's best person there, you know, or you, you, can't, you can't shoot a basketball when you're on JV at 13 years old. Like, no, I'm not telling you guys to lie about yourself. But what I'm saying is, first of all, to not put yourself high and, uh, and, and elevate yourself, but to actually give glory to God what you're good in and what you have and where you're at. That's what humility is. You say who you are, who God says you are, and you then give glory to God, right? So you do something good in your life. You don't say, yeah, I reaped that benefit on me. Yeah, that's all me. That's all me. You know, no one had anything to do it. But you get that compliment, you take it, and you give it back to where it's due, God. Many of you don't understand, but if you weren't in America, you would not have the morals you have today. Matter of fact, if America was not influenced by Christian uh, theology, right? The Puritans, you guys don't know about the Puritans. The Puritans, they weren't perfect. They weren't. They were kind of racist many times, okay? Uh, Half of us, most of us, maybe except two of us would be uh, very not welcomed over there in the Puritans. But the Puritans, they had settled moral codes, Moral codes based off the Bible. Those moral codes based off the Bible influence what we say is good and what is bad. Matter of fact, it was such an influence. Guess who took a lot of our morals about freedom, about what's good or what's wrong? You had Europe take it. You, what did Europe do? Europe spread it out to its colonies. Listen, we would still be eating each other's children if it wasn't for the Bible. We would still be sacrificing widows. You know what they do in India, what they used to do in India back in the 20th century? If a man died, you know what they would do with his wife? They would burn her because a wife and a woman shouldn't live without their husband. Matter of fact, the Bible was for women's rights. A lot of people say that it isn't, but it is. The, Jesus actually freed women from the obligation to get married. Freed them from the obligation. Freed them from the obligation to be a housewife. He said you can preach. You can spread the gospel. You can be a fisher of men. Jesus did that. No, not Gandhi didn't do that. Buddha called women a ball and a chain. Listen, Jesus freed people. So this is what I'm trying to tell you. When you come under God's word, when you come now, you're not, you're not just submitting for no reason. This is the true definition of humility, that you value others before yourself and you believe who you believe you are, who God says you are. So there's another bit of pride called insecurity, self-abasement, where you now like I was saying, right, you lie about yourself. You start looking at the mirror. You start saying, man, I'm ugly. I'm this. You know, I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm not going to amount to anything. You know, I'm garbage. God doesn't love me, man. I'm pitiful. And you start getting so down on yourself when really all that is is the devil whispering in your ear prideful things. The Bible saying you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're saying you're ugly. Who's right? Who's right? The Bible says that he has come, right, so that he can set captives free. You're saying that you tried the church thing. And you can't do it. You're just not as good as the other Christians. Who's right? I'm going to go with the word of God. You see, I'm always going to consider you guys liars. And I'll consider myself a lie before I consider the Bible a lie. And if, you're, if I'm putting something in your face that the Bible says, and you're saying, man, that's true for you, but not for me, you're in pride. Destruction is coming. So humility is believing what God says about you and taking it and living it out, right? So you gain honor this way. Listen, there's no one. I mean, I remember when Derrick Rose first became an NBA player. Everybody loved him because he was humble. Everybody loved him. Everybody loves a humble person. 
Everybody loves a humble person. Matter of fact, a humble person will always be given honor. A humble person will never be really disrespected. Honestly, you, you take a humble person, you put them in a room with a bunch of people, then you take a prideful person. Let's say no one knows the background. No one knows what family they came from. No one knows how much money they got. And the humble person will get more honor every time. Every time the humble person gains honor. But it's not just with men, it's with God. You see, if you're humble, you will gain honor with God. Because the Bible says, yes, you know, grace is freely given. And God has no favorites, yes? But the thing is, God knows our hearts. And God does not bless a mess. If you are a mess of a person, if you are prideful, and you're like, man, I want to get into 201. I, got, I want to do better in 101. I want to be more of a Christian. I want God to give me this, God to give me that, God to give me this. And you're a prideful person, and everything's about you. Dude, you're not going to be blessed. God is not going to gain, you're not going to gain honor with God. And I'm not saying we're just going to God to get stuff, but God won't even respect your life. Matter of fact, God will speak to you like he spoke to the church of Laodicea when he said, you're lukewarm. I'm going to spit you out my mouth. You're disgusting, pretty much. You're, the, Bible, the, the Bible is pretty harsh when Jesus talks to prideful people. He calls, them, he calls them trash, basically. He calls them useless. They don't have any honor with Christ. No honor. Why? Because they're prideful. So this is the thing I'm telling you, you have to be like Jesus, who did not see equality with God. Jesus is fully God. Let's get to remember that, fully God, fully man, hypostatic union, right? But yet he became a slave to humanity, a slave even to the point of dying on the cross. Get that right. God, listen, Jesus didn't need to puff himself up. Jesus was already the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He came and he took a lowly position, a carpenter, a carpenter from a neighborhood where people said, what good comes from there? What good comes from there? Who are we? Who are we that we still remain prideful? We still remain disobedient when the son of God who came, right, as a baby in a manger, he didn't go to some five-star hospital, right? He wasn't going to rush. He wasn't going there. It's like imagine if you got birthed in a garage. He got birthed in a garage, basically. And yet Jesus remained a servant even to the point where they put him on a cross and nailed him. And you know what the Bible's saying we have to be? Like the man being nailed. Not like the one who's doing the nailing. We're not supposed to be like them. You know what they look they did to Jesus? They didn't believe him. They didn't believe him when he called them children of the devil. That they needed to repent. You know what John the Baptist said to the prideful people? Because they thought they were Jews, so they're good. And a lot of us, we think we're Puerto Rican, so we're good. We think we're black, so we're good. We think we're white, so we're good. The Jews, you know what John the Baptist said to them when they're prideful and they put themselves up? He said, listen, God can make stone. He can make children of Abraham out of stones. He can make a nation out of stones. Look what he did with you. God doesn't need you. He wants you. So don't, as a Christian, don't set yourself up so high just to be disappointed with the fall. Your only value is from God. Outside of that, your prideful self is dust. You're dust. Your only value is from the value that God gives you. So what should you do? Humble yourself. Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. If we can go to 1 Peter 5, uh, verses 5 through 6, and if I can have Lawrence up, please. The Bible says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit to your, 
elders, everybody say, submit. Can I hear everybody say that? Submit. submit. Amen. That's a hard word for some of us, especially, you know, in this culture. Submit. We'll find out what that means. Yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor. He gives honor to the humble. So humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. If I can have my altar workers up, please. You see, this is, this is the thing. The Bible is telling us to humble ourselves, to clothe ourselves with humility, to submit. That means to give yourself over to. To give yourself over to one another, to your elders, to people with authority. Now, I'm not saying you have to now submit to people who are telling you to disobey God. That's where the line draws. If they're telling you, hey, man, go worship this tree and sacrifice to it or something like that. You're like, no, dude, that's not what my God says. But if your parents are telling you, hey, man, listen, what I want you to do is stop cussing back at me. Stop talking back to me. Stop sneaking behind my back, lying to me. All these things that you know your parents are telling you not to do, the Bible is telling you to submit yourself to your elders. So listen, don't get mad at me. Get mad at the word of God. But if you are not doing this, you are in sin. And pride goes before destruction. You are literally headed to destruction. You know how many people don't understand how important it is to start at a young age being in obedience? Ask all the criminals in, in jail. You can, like, like I'm telling you right now, being in a youth group for, next five, for five years, it's weird. I can see someone's pride before I see the destruction. When I see the destruction, I'm not even surprised. I mean, I'm talking about kids that they were, they were in one-on-one, man. They were like, I want to live for Jesus. I want to do this thing. Next thing you know, three years later, they're, they're in jail. They're in prison. They're in gangs. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm taking my step time after time. I'm taking step by step to get closer to God. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. You're just prideful and you want to do things that you wanted to do before you get caught. I've seen those people. Next thing you know, they got kids at 16, at 14. They, 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 they're, they're in jail. They got the bad friends. They dropped out of high school. I'm telling you right now, pride goes before the fall. Get this down. Clothe yourself with humility. Clothe yourself with it. Put it all around you. Every thought that you have, every word that you say, let it be a humble word and a humble thought. All right, and then this, submit yourself. Humble yourself under God's mighty hand. That means God's guidance. I like to look at the scripture as a father who guides a child. And he's just directing the person, has a hand on their shoulder, a hand on their head, and he's just telling them, listen, don't go there, son. Don't go there, daughter. Come with me. Come with me. You don't need to, be good. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. Stay with me. And what are we? We're the disobedient children. Some of us children. Some of us are still children of the devil. We need to get it right. We're the disobedient children. We say, no, God, I, I, Dad, I want to do it my way. There's a better way. But God is saying the, the way you're trying to go, he sees the end result, and he's telling you right now it's destruction. It's, getting, it's dropping out of school. It's, it's literally becoming a loser, just smoking weed all your life, not getting a job, not going to school. Oh, it's being in a relationship that's going to cause you to be abused, to cause you to feel neglected. It's going to be destruction. It's going to be losing your family, losing your friends. It's, it, see, God knows the end and the beginning. He is the end and he's the beginning. So it makes sense now to submit to that person, to humble ourselves under them. 
And matter of fact, it's not just a promise like, hey, man, you're going to be humble your whole life. Nothing's good's going to happen to you. You're just going to be lowly all the time. No. Listen, we don't puff ourselves up. God lifts us up. He will lift us up in due time. That means you've been humble. You've been disrespected. You've been spit on. You've, been, you've had to bite your tongue and pray. Guess what? God will lift you up in due time. He will lift you up in due time. You feel like, man, I've listened to my parents enough. They keep screaming. They keep getting mad at me. Guess what? That dinner table conversation is going to happen where they come to you and they say, sorry. And they say, sorry, I know I've been wrong. God is going to change them. And listen, if that doesn't happen, there's a greater, there's a greater lifting. It's called the resurrection. Where, listen, the children of God that were humbled, the Bible says the meek will inherit the kingdom of God, the, the kingdom of the earth. It says in the Bible that the lowly in spirits, right, be low in spirit. It says these people, theirs is the kingdom of God. They're called the children of God. What does the kingdom of God look like? What does it look like? Does it look worse than America? Does it look worse than Europe? Does it look worse than Jamaica, all these cool places? No, it's the kingdom of God where God reigns and there's beauty and there's splendor. There's excellence. There's his presence. And guess who's ruling there? The Bible says, guess who's been lifted up at that time? The humble. The humble. The children of God, those that did not see themselves as superior and God as inferior, didn't see others as less than and them as more than, but they saw everyone how God saw them. And when they looked in the mirror, they didn't see someone that was disobedient to God. They saw a child of God. That's what will happen to them. But you'll be lifted up. So this is what I'm going to encourage you guys. If you guys can stand, please. I want you guys to wait for God and his timing. That means if you feel like you need to take vengeance, you need to speak up, you need to speak back, you need to cuss back, you need to swing back, all those things to get vengeance and to put yourself above someone else, I want you to wait for God's timing. You don't understand how many people have come in this room and they've been on fire, then the minute they leave due to a job, due to a situation, due to uh, their own pride, all that, you don't, you don't understand, if they just waited, they would have seen what God was going to do in their life. They just waited. I remember when TJ first came. This man was prideful as heck, just like all of us, really. I mean, he wouldn't smile. He wouldn't crack a joke. man wouldn't even look at me, really, sometimes. But God changed him. Now, listen, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be able to even read, to be honest. Right, TJ? He, he shouldn't be able to read. He shouldn't be able to write. He should not be in college. He should not be a preacher. He should not be any of that. Not to boast to him. It's all glory to God. But what did God do in his timing? What if TJ would have straight been like, man, you know, I'm tired of this. I still can't do the things that other people can do. I still can't be the person that my friend is. I'm done. I'm leaving God. You would have never seen TJ in that sound booth. You would have never seen him doing fired up. See, the thing is, if we wait for God to lift us up as humble people, you will see God's purposes and plans for, for you in your life happen. I would have never been married if I rushed and I was prideful and I would be like, let me just get some random chick off the street. Let me get some random chick on Facebook. Let me just do Tinder or something like that. I would have never had Karina because of my pride because God was telling me I can wait. I can wait. I can wait. What if I would have been like, man, you know what, dude? Like, it's cool with being with God and all, but man, you know what? I don't, I don't think elevates for me. I would have never been speaking to you guys. I would never be able to see every one of your testimonies. All of us leaders, we think about that. 
there's thoughts that come in our mind, man, like this person doesn't care. This person doesn't feel anything. Like every time I'm talking to them about Jesus, they just ignore me or whatever. But we understand that in our humility, there'll be a time where we see God face to face. We've been lifting up in glory and we see why we did it face to face. Jesus, the King of glory, the Lord of lords, the creator of heaven and earth. We will see him face to face and it's worth it. And this is what I want to share with you guys. That should be your same reason to be humble. Not because you're like, man, look how humble I am, right? Look how awesome I am as a Christian. But because you want to see Jesus face to face. You want to be a part of the kingdom of God. You want to be ruling in there. That's why. That's why. See, with us, that, with us as people, pride comes. We can't do anything about it. There's an opportunity to be prideful. But this is what I want to let you know. Destruction is coming for those that are prideful. The Bible says in Isaiah and other scriptures that God is going to come back, right? Jesus is going to come back, and he's going to see the people that are high and, and pompous and arrogant that put themselves up. And you know what he's going to do? Just like when we're playing Django right there, and I just slap the Django pieces, he's going to do right that to your life. He's going to do right that to your life. You're going to be like, man, I'm doing this in life. Look at, man, I got my baby mama. I got my job, and I'm smoking weed. Look what I can do, God, without you. You're doing all this stuff, right? Like, I got my boyfriend. I've been to church in a year, man. Look at what I'm doing. Then all of a sudden, Jesus comes back. Topple. It's over. Look what you built yourself. You, you, you blew up a whole balloon just for it to get popped. This is what I want to encourage you to do, to humble yourself now before destruction. Before destruction. What does destruction look like? It looks like you getting shot in the hand. Like one of our youth one time when they kept hanging out with the wrong people. It looks like you having an OD. It looks like you, right, turning away from God completely as if you never knew and becoming an atheist. It looks like you becoming addicted to cocaine. It looks like you living in, a, in, a, in an abusive relationship for six, seven years. These are actual testimonies. It's what happens when people are prideful. Nothing but destruction. So if you guys can bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your example, God. Lord, your word of God is not speaking out of vain or speaking out of arrogance. Lord, you are humble. You are humble. Jesus, you did not come and start just destroying everybody, turning people to ash, turning people to, 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 to nothing but dust, destroying, taking their souls or whatever. You came as a servant washing people's feet. You came as a servant restoring prostitutes, restoring drunkards. You did not see yourself even though equal to God as better than the people you were serving. You came to our level, Jesus. God, we praise you, Lord. We give you thanks, God. We are not better than you. We humbled ourselves but under you, God. We submit to your mighty hand. We don't know any better, Lord, but than what you say. We become like children, Lord. Your, your word says, we, if we don't become like children, like these children, we cannot inherit the kingdom of God. I pray that we would be humble like children, sitting at the lap of the Father, asking them what to do. Asking them, who should I marry? Who a job should I get? What should I do with my life? Should I smoke? Should I drink? Should I do this? Father, what should I do? I, I pray that we would be like that, God. 
And I ask you that when we are like that, not only would you speak to us, but God, you would comfort us and remind us by your spirit the promise that we would be lifted up in due time. Humble us, Lord, tonight. Humble us leaders that we would not seek positions, that we would not seek affirmation from the world. God, I pray that we would understand that we have affirmation from the Father. God, I pray for SU and Bible students, Lord, that they would be humble in Bible college, that they would not be prideful, but they would seek you in your face. I pray for grammar school, high school students, that they would not look at each other as less than, but they would help each other in their walk, Lord. God, I pray that we would all be clothed with humility here, that we would submit to our parents, that we would see our parents saved, that we would see the elders and the authorities in our life come to know you, Jesus. We pray for the authorities in this government, the presidents. We pray for AOC. We pray for all of them, Lord, that they would come to the knowledge of the living God. Hallelujah. So I'm telling you guys right now in this room, God wants to humble you. You can do it right now at this altar. Or you can wait for your pride to bring you low on your knees where you have nowhere to turn to and God is the only one there. Your choice. Do you want to wait for destruction so God can be the only one there? Or do you want to make a choice right now where you still have dignity to gain honor with the Lord and be saved? It is up to you. It is up to you. But this is my final warning to you. If you are prideful, if you have put yourself above God and his word, and you keep saying negative things about you or things that are arrogant, I want you to know there is nothing good for you. There is nothing good for you. Repent. Humble yourself. The altar is open. As Lawrence sings, you can either be in your seats or come to this altar. It's your choice. It's your choice. It's all about you from my heart.